Moral Revolution community, welcome back to our podcast. I'm so glad you joined us today. Let's talk about it. Hey guys, welcome to the Let's Talk About It podcast. Uh, just want to give a disclaimer before we even start. This is probably a really good headphone podcast, especially if you have children. Mm-hmm. Or are in anywhere public. Or anywhere public. <laughs> um, unless you're wanting to just disrupt everybody and frustrate everybody where they're at. And How to start the conversation. Yeah, it's, <laughs> Catch them off guard. We're going to be talking about masturbation. Um, we've bought it, brought in some of our masturbation experts. Uh, <laughs> so we really want to tackle this topic today. Um, we've got Aaron Zint, and you guys know Abram. Abram is joining us as well, or I guess joining us as it applied to yeah. you. Here still. In front yeah. of the camera rather than behind. We don't even yeah. clean the house for Abram anymore because he's the one that has to clean it half of the time. So... Uh, but we're, we really want to talk about this specifically for men. Not that this couldn't be beneficial for women. It would be too. But all three of us have really different stories in this realm. Um, our experience is different. Where, what we, where we came from, where we're at. Um, we're all married now, happily married, which yeah. is awesome. And so we're going to share just from our current marriages, from when we were single and, and what kind of led to where we're at today. I'll give a real quick brief intro and then let Aaron and, and Abram talk a little bit about their story as well as mine. Just... Um, so that we can really want to help find answers. We want to help give clarity to some of the questions that we get in, some of the questions that you guys have around masturbation. What's okay? Um, what's not okay? How, how do we experience you know, our sex life in the healthiest, most fulfilling way possible? I think that's the ultimate goal. For those of you that are married, we want you to experience the healthiest, most fulfilling sex life possible. For those that aren't yet, we want you to be able to build the right base and foundation for you to experience that. So uh, we'll start with Aaron down on the end. Um, real briefly, Aaron experienced, you know, he had a lot of um, different variations of masturbation. It was a big part of his life. Um, and he's going to share pretty openly on that with pornography uh, and, and those types of things. Abram experienced masturbation for a long time, but without pornography, which is honestly pretty rare, but not uncommon. Yeah, um, A lot of people have experienced it that way. Uh, for me, I've never had, you know, I've never struggled with pornography. I've never struggled with masturbation. It's never been a part of uh, my life. And so, uh, you know, those three, the different, coming from those three different vantage points, I think gives all of us a pretty unique perspective on it that we're pretty excited to to dive into for everybody and hope to bring a lot of health and wholeness for people. Yeah. yeah. So uh, maybe Aaron, we'll start with you and then sure. move back down this way. If you want to give any more detail, give us some insight, you sure, know, who yeah. we are, you know, why, you know, Aaron actually leads the whole man project at Bethel, yep. um, which brings freedom to, has brought freedom to literally hundreds, maybe thousands of men over the years. And so he doesn't just have a, I've got my own personal story, but he's leading others to health and wholeness, which is a reason that we've asked Aaron to join us. So sure, yeah. love a little bit more about you. Right. Yeah. So leading the whole man project, um, I had been a part of it for probably about 10 years, uh, or have been a part of it for 10 years, only leading in the last like five uh, years. But the first five years was a lot of like digging into all the reasons why I couldn't stop looking at porn, couldn't stop masturbating, and all that stuff together. And so a lot of my look into history, the history of my sexuality was, um, it all started at a very young age. And so um, around what pornography I could find back pre-internet days, Um, But then as I discovered masturbation, probably about 13 years old or so, like, so a lot of hypersexual activity with other kids, um, some abuse that I experienced from older people, um, 
all that kind of combined that when masturbation, when I discovered masturbation, it was like kind of open up this whole new world of possibilities to an already hypersexualized mm. um, mind. And yeah. so I had by that point um, attached a lot of uh, significance, attached a lot of feeling powerful, feeling affirmed and cared for through pornography. And so when masturbation came around, it was there was a new level of like comfort that I could realize, oh, I can bring myself comfort in such a new way and excitement at the same time. So I can compare these things together and get like, this is awesome. So um, yeah, that was my history where that started. And it was for the most part, the two were pretty linked together. Um, There was a period of time when I first uh, really started following the Lord in high school when, um, like, for two years, didn't look at any porn, didn't actually, I even would brag at the time, because I really liked bragging about how spiritual I was, uh, that I I was like, I don't even lust. Like, don't even do it. One thought, push it away, because I was passionate about Jesus, and I had a lot of good reasons that actually were healthy reasons why I wasn't looking at porn. However, at that same time, like within that two-year span, I think I probably masturbated, I don't know, three or four times within a two-year span, which is like for me was, you know, was massive, but I still felt so much shame around those instances. Uh, And even at the time, like, and you'll probably speak to this, but um, I I didn't, I would masturbate without thinking about anything. It was Mm -hmm. just like purely that. And so then even coming into marriage, which we'll dive into, I had advice from people on the pros of masturbation pre-marriage and what that's going to do for your marriage. And um, I was... I'm sure um, they were pre- all right. I was pretty disillusioned. So <laughs> I was like, wait a second, that didn't work. So um, that's kind of like my history with it now being uh, like leading this, not because I lead this group, but because of some of the healing I found, um, I have not found masturbation to be helpful for the different goals that I have. Mm. Like I've moved personally out of going, is this good or bad? And more into, is this helpful or unhelpful for me? That's great. And it really depends on what your goal is. Yeah. And so for me, I, I, I have goals of having a connected, healthy marriage. I have goals of not suppressing or shoving away different um, painful emotion. Uh, and I found that masturbation was extremely unhelpful in allowing me to be connected to my mm-hmm. wife. Um, to want to pursue her as well as take good care of my own heart. I have guys in my sphere who would say otherwise. They're like, well, my goal is that I don't look at porn and therefore masturbation is helpful for me. So I, I'm like, okay, I can hear that. I can understand where that's coming from. Um, I personally just have not found, even in my goals of not looking at porn, I've kind of shifted away to uh, from behavior management to yeah. what do I really want um, that is going to bring me a ton of life. I just haven't found masturbation to be helpful for that. So yeah. less shame around saying this is bad and you're bad for doing it, but like, well, Does what do you really who, want? Yeah. What do you really want? Yeah. Does it fit who you are? Having a healthy That's marriage so is a much better goal than don't look at porn too. Much. Because I had a don't look at porn yeah. goal in my marriage and it didn't make my marriage better. Even when I stopped, it was yeah. all the other things that were on top of that. Yeah. So. Well, it's like anything, right? Like the bigger the goal, the bigger the purpose, then it actually, some of those other things, it starts to take care of. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, don't, you don't have time or energy for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. Well, Abraham, now, you, now you can see why he leads the group. Now, well, well, I know you knew. <laughs> yeah. Now you can see. Now you can see yeah. why. Cole was like, so why is, this guy, why is yeah. he leading? <laughs> Um, all right, Abram, a little bit about you. Yeah, a so more detail. Uh, when it comes to masturbation, I actually discovered it when I was maybe 8, 9, 10. 
but it wasn't anything sexual. It was literally getting out of the shower and drying off too long. And I was like, that feels interesting. Oh, it feels really good to dry off. And then um, kind of just repeating that experience a few times just to go, oh, that feels really nice. And had no, it, it wasn't tied initially to anything sexual. Mm. Yeah. Until you hit like adolescence and then suddenly like you notice women and you notice body parts and you're like, wow. I could tie, like you said, yeah. I could tie this with this. Yeah. And for me, it was less of um, like an absorption and like I have to express myself sexually. It was more of, um, actually I didn't even know this until afterwards, um, of feeling alone, not understood, and um, not feeling manly enough. Mm. So I'm like, I'm like 5'8", 150 pounds soaking wet maybe. My brother is 6'1", since 6th grade, and just looks like a linebacker. So I look at, and he's three years older, so I look at him and I'm like, one day I'll catch up, and I'm almost 35 and still waiting to catch up. Um, but at the time, you know, as a little kid, you're just like, oh, I, I need to be more of a man. Like, I need yeah. to be more. And that's what he looks like, and, yeah. the man looks like. Yeah. yeah, and so, and you see other men around, and you just see, like, you know, the lumberjack, you see all those types of guy. So... Sometimes it was without thinking, and sometimes I just said I had a really good imagination. Like, yeah. I didn't need porn, but I could imagine these scenarios that I was fantasizing, creating um, a world where uh, I got to be the man, that I got to feel yeah. enough, that I got to be this. And then ultimately afterwards, you just feel like crap. You feel way worse. Um, and all the shame sets in, and no one had ever talked about it until, until I got to college. Um, and then... <laughs> At college, everyone's like, well, well, just every dude does it. Every deal struggles. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, well, that's not helpful either. Mm-hmm. Um, and so end up, you know, in the same process, um, walking through some stuff, figuring out what's actually happening. Went through periods where I would masturbate a lot. And then went go through periods where it was like, oh, it, w- it could be six months or a year or two years. Yeah. But then you stumble again. And I think what I was taught in that time is like, okay, you're back to day one. Right, right. right? And so you're like, um, one of the things that God had to call me out on at one point was he's like, you stumbled in a race. You don't start back at the beginning line. Right, yeah. Like you don't start the race all over again. Mm, you really stumbled, Super get back up and keep running. Yeah, yeah that's great. And I was great. like, oh. So that was really helpful. But um, yeah, it, just, it, was, uh, it was a process of kind of understanding the internal world so that um, I could stop what I didn't want to do. Because the whole time I'm like, I love Jesus. I just can't fix this thing that's inside. I didn't know that... I mean, I don't want to steal your line. I'll, I'll say, save your line. Take it. I'll, I'll say this is his quote. Um, <laughs> but you had said um, in a previous thing that porn is not the problem. Mm-hmm. Porn is the solution. Right. It's just a really bad solution. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's He brilliant. got that line from me anyway. Oh, yeah, okay. So, so. Yeah, and Cole got it from Ken. And I yeah. got it from Ken. Ken <laughs> from Michael got Scott. It from, yeah, from exactly. Wayne Gretzky, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I didn't, I never really understood what the problem was until afterwards. And then yeah. I'm like, oh man, I actually feel all these things and had no idea how to address them <laughs> right. and how to have needs and how to care for myself. Yeah, that's good. It's awesome. Uh, my story, for those that haven't heard it, I feel like it's all over MR's content, but we'll assume there's people watching that don't watch all of our other stuff. Um, and it, it, it does, I think there's the cool part about my story is it does prove what we're all trying to say anyways. You know, I found porn when I was a kid, but had this internal, I think it was the Holy Spirit that said, you don't look at this. Mm-hmm. You know, I found magazines a bunch of times as a kid before I was, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, which is the same as so many. Yeah. I mean, it's common story. Common yeah. story. The difference was um, the Holy Spirit, 
my mom's prayers. I don't know. I always had this conviction of don't look at this. And so I would run away, yeah. leave the room, leave That's the great. scenario. Um, I didn't actually know what masturbation was until I was 16. Mm. It was 10th grade. Um, I went to a public school. But the gift, I had the gift of being a loser. So I wasn't... <laughs> I wasn't the cool kid. Like I wasn't around the guys that were doing this. I, so lucky. I seriously was like, I had like one friend at a time most sure, of the time. Yeah. And my parents were really particular with that friend. Like I wasn't, you know, they were pretty tight on who I got, got to spend time with and who I didn't. And so, you know, I finally in 10th grade had the courage to even, like I heard everybody talk about it and still in six, 16, I didn't know what it was. And I just got the courage to ask this guy. Wow. We're on the track team together. I'll never forget. We were warming up before track. We're sitting on the the like high jump pad doing our stretches. And I just was like, I think I can ask him. Hey, man, what's masturbation? Uh, he then told everybody that I didn't know, oh, told dang, the entire sorry, school. Bro. I had girls asking me that, I, you don't know what masturbation is? Are you kidding me? Like it almost became my claim to fame wow, in high school. Yeah, and yeah. I was the guy that didn't that masturbate. And did, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the guy who didn't even know. Masturbate. <laughs> yeah. um, but at that point at 16, I, I was very aware of who I was. I was confident. I, you know, I, I had the gift of self-awareness and self-image. Like I yeah. didn't care what people thought. I wasn't trying to, to be the popular kid. And so it actually, I think, pushed me further down the, well, if you guys all think I should be doing this, I'm definitely not doing it, yeah, right? Yeah. Like the, the- You rebelled. If you, yeah. you know yeah. me, you know, you're like, oh totally. yeah. Totally, yeah, that fits. That fits. And so I would say that, you know, the rest of high school, it really wasn't necessarily, oh, I'm doing this for my wife. I'm Like there yeah. wasn't any of that. It yeah. was just, well, if everybody's doing something, I'm clearly not gonna be doing that thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so, get into college, you know, graduate high school. There definitely was a season where I'm like, man, well, maybe I actually think there, what if there's something wrong with me? Because mm. now I'm, we're talking about it pretty openly with friends and yeah, everybody's, yeah. Do, I know, I knew guys that were doing it three to five times a day. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, crap, is mine broke? Mm -hmm. Like if these right, guys yeah. are doing this this much, like everybody has to have sex. What's the line? Well, a man needs sex. Sex drive is right, normal. Right. It's natural. Even t have people teach you that you should masturbate because it's a great way to manage your sex drive. Well, if, then if I don't need to masturbate, do I have a sex drive? Oh, Am I going to be sure. able to have sex because everybody else is thinking this? Like I re distinctly remember one night in particular lying there thinking, I should probably try to masturbate to make sure it works. Mm. So that, because it wouldn't be fair to Caitlin, who I already knew I was going to marry at that point, if I'm not able to have sex with her. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to say I didn't masturbate and those were lies. <laughs> yeah. It works very well and uh, an orgasm is not a problem for yeah, me. Yeah. Uh, but you know, those were some of the, the struggles and the challenges, you know, yeah. just in my own head of even starting to doubt my own, you know, I guess the anatomy of my body. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we get into marriage. We've been married for 16 years now. Uh, this isn't a narrative on our marriage challenges at the beginning, uh, trying to figure out, you know, how to have sex. Some of Caitlin's past impacted that. And uh, in marriage, it's been amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the, and this would be the, the last th the thing I would say, and then we'll get into some of the questions. Um, for those, for, if there is a guy watching this, that their story is like mine, you know, the, the it has absolutely been a gift to have never seen pornography and to not have had a masturbation um, struggle or 
habit built in my life because the, can, the, the things, we had to get over a lot of stuff because of Caitlin's past. Not having to get over those things because of my past has right. been a gift in our marriage. Yeah. It has really allowed us to experience lovemaking in the format of lovemaking yeah, yeah. in a way that just guys that I know that don't have our, my, my past have not done. I don't think I'm more qualified to be saved than anybody else, anybody at this table. Or it, it, to me, it's not a point of salvation. One of the lines I love that I've heard somebody say before, I don't even remember who to give the credit to, is a lot of times it's not a matter of if I'm going to heaven, it's a matter of how much heaven I'm going to pull down to earth mm-hmm. and what I have to get over to experience yeah, you know, God's, good. it's Jesus's desire that we would experience his will on earth as it is in heaven. And so if I'm pursuing heaven on earth, uh, really the, the, for the majority of us, that's a matter of us getting our own thoughts in line. It's a matter of us getting our thoughts into submission and to have less of that to have to overcome has allowed us, I think, to experience a pretty beautiful expression in our marriage because I didn't have all these memories and these things. And so for the guy that's waited, it's worth it. We'll get into that more, but that's been my story. 16 years, I've never once had a moment where I thought, man, I should have looked at porn. Gosh, everybody was right. I (laughs) should have masturbated. (laughs) Totally missed out. If I'd have masturbated, my marriage would have been better. That has not been my experience at all. I've only been grateful that um, God protected me, that there were moments when I didn't even know enough to say no, that God help me say no, you know, so, um, so I I think the easiest question to dive into that will probably spark a lot of other things is, well, is masturbation even wrong? Mm -hmm. You know, I think that'd be a great one to tackle first, uh, and then see what kind of comes out of that. I think that's a question a lot of people are wondering. I, we get that question a ton. Um, if, if I, you know, a second question, Layer to that would, well, what if I can do it without looking at pornography? Is it wrong if I can, in the, in the same way that, that Abram was, was looking at or using masturbation to experience masturbation without looking at porn? So right. um, since we've already built the habit of starting Aaron going here, Might as well. is masturbation wrong? You could even add to that. What does the Bible say? Just love your overall viewpoint on that. Yeah, yeah my, I, I started from the realm of... Yeah, it's wrong. Like just because I that was kind of the messaging that I'd always heard from the church and uh, in general. And um, I had heard some like loose interpretations of different uh, Bible verses. And um, I don't know much about that specifically. um, But uh, the place that I've gotten to in working with guys who are dealing with unwanted sexual behavior and compulsive sexual behavior, I have told myself I will not and yet I have, mm-hmm. um, is trying to get underneath that to expose the reasons, as you said, the, the problems behind that, because this is the solution to something. And so um, even in the midst of that, wanting, been trying to move away from the, let's just call something good or bad, uh, because uh, that's kind of our history of doing that. I just haven't found the dis- like labeling it, a binary label of good or bad to be uh, to give me the motivation to not do it. Totally. So, like, I w- the things we've called sin, we've all done. Uh, or various, and yet we still keep yeah. doing it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so I'm like, okay, that, it almost doesn't matter. So I feel like I risk, I, yeah. I, 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 you know, risk really offending some people to say, it doesn't matter if it's a sin or not. What do you really want? Mm. What do you want out of your life? What do you want out of your relationships? And so the reason why I can say something like, I haven't found it helpful, I do have friends who would say otherwise. Like, oh, no, I found it helpful in these contexts. I can't judge their experience because I just haven't been there. 
I just know from my experience, here's what I here's what I experienced as a result of having masturbated, either using something or not. So let's take for me, when I took the pornography or the even the fantasy out of it, I was given the instruction by a friend, hey, if you when you go into marriage, like masturbate with some regularity, you know, put some structure around it so it's not compulsive, but masturbate with some regularity so that you can build up your stamina and um, you can last longer in marriage. And so I'm like, well, I for sure want that. I'm going right. to be like an awesome lover, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> um, what it taught me was how good I am at it and how bad my wife is at it. Mm. And so I would, I got into marriage and be like, I actually, you know, orgasm is feels really good, um, no matter how you experience it. It feels good uh, physiologically. And so yeah. what I found, though, was even if I could experience uh, an orgasm with my wife, I she wasn't as good at it as I was because I had so much practice, mm. and she didn't. And so that was unhelpful number one is I, I don't like thinking about my hand more positively than my wife's body or my wife in general. So that could be a problem. Yeah. It's a bummer. And actually part of it that, wasn't comparison with her with somebody else. No, yeah. Just, she couldn't live up to the standard that you had set. No, totally, because I know exactly the moment how to back off, oh, how to move forward, like yeah. just to make this awesome. Uh, and then at the same time, I did like experience premature ejaculation in marriage and therefore like to the chagrin of myself going back here, masturbating all the time, going like, this is what's gonna solve that. It didn't. Uh, then I had some insecurity around that, so it made that like, maybe I need to explore that more. So very unhelpful in those regards. Also, yeah. I just, yeah. So I just keep going back to, is this helpful or unhelpful uh, for me? And you can only define that by giving yourself some sort of goal or aspiration or identity, like who do I wanna be? Uh, and so I have, I've just, I ha all the ways around this, um, I just haven't found that it's helpful for me still taking away the, the good or bad because that also is unhelpful in motivating. Yeah. So helpful and unhelpful doesn't motivate me necessarily, but it does kind of change the way that I approach. It's not, we're not trying not to cross a line. Yeah. We're actually trying to head in a direction. And that's so if you're actually really trying good. to head yeah. in a direction, that's when you that. need to use this kind of philosophical way of viewing it. Yeah, so if whether if you're single, you're thinking, how am I preparing for the marriage that I want and what marriage do I want? If I'm married, what do I want out of the marriage that I'm in? And that actually starts answering some of those questions for you. Mm -hmm. and, and I would even add, if you're single, because I didn't get married until my 30s, I couldn't do everything unto my wife. I had to do it to be a whole man. I had to go, That's what kind really of man good. do I want to be? Mm. Yeah. What kind of like, yeah. if I never get married or whatever, how do I live within me and God? Like, Yeah, how that's I, great. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your thought? What's your answer on this, yeah, Abram? I think um, I get I I don't like to answer yes or no as well. But I'm <laughs> like, my question is, is like, well, why do you want to do it? Like what's underneath it? Like what what what's the goal out of masturbating? Right. Um, most for me and then for a lot of the guys that I talk to, it's some form of pain management. Mm -hmm. um, it's you don't want to feel isolated because, I mean, the orgasm is great. You get all the chemicals that make you feel connected. It makes you feel this way. Um, there are some studies actually that have come out that the semen um, when you masturbate versus the semen when you have intercourse is actually chemically different. There's different things that come out of there. Mm. And some of the health benefits that we once attributed just to the orgasm are not actually given inside of, um, inside of yeah, just masturbation. Yeah. masturbate. 
Uh, but it, the question to me is like, okay, so what do you do? Like, what's the goal? Why Why are you trying to do it? Because if your goal is pain management, if your goal is comfort, if your goal are Some people things, are like, I just can't fall asleep without it. Like, that's my yeah. version of melatonin or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, so that's why I'm kind of, I start there and go, okay, so why do you want that? And then mm-hmm. is that the healthiest version of it? Is that what you want to do? Is that what you want to, is that the kind of man that you want to be? Is that what you want to bring into your marriage? Um and similarly, I've just found most of those things going, man, I'd, I'd rather not, all of those things make me feel more isolated and more apart from anybody. Sure. Yeah. Like, you feel worse afterwards, so it's not good for pain management. You feel more isolated, more insecure, more away from everybody. And your, your sex drive, here's the thing that I've, um, which maybe is jumping ahead, but, or is not the right point, but some guys, you're like, well, I'm just horny. Right? Yeah. Like, that's their answer. It's like, I'm just 20. I'm, I get that. I was married in my 30s. Um, there's times you're just freaking, you're like, yeah. dear Lord, why? <laughs> um, but I think I, I've found that there's actually like a, um, it builds something inside. Whenever I'm super horny, whenever I have this desire, even if it has, it has nothing to do with lust, it has nothing to do with pain management, any of this stuff, I found for me, that there, it builds like an internal like man muscle inside. Mm, yeah, that, you know, that's like, a good way. like you get some form of like ownership of in your masculinity. You go, no, I actually can handle my desires. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's the same. Like I love Oreos. Like I could eat sleeves and sometimes do. <laughs> but it's the same way. You're like, no, I'm actually going to say no so that I control my desires. My desires don't control me. Sure. And that when I, if I do get married, when I am married now, I know how to steward and manage my sex drive because. I'm horny my wife's not here, or I'm horny my wife just had a baby. Like, I have this ability to go, no, I actually, I know how to steward something powerful, and it feels like there's, it feels like there's a, a glory on it. Not necessarily maybe like a Holy Spirit glory, but more like a gladiator glory, you know, like just yeah. a... this resilience in yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Something that kind of like, oh, I actually, I, I feel better about myself more as a man yeah. because... I'm not giving into desires. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. You know, I think too, when I uh, kind of applying what both of you said, I think one of the things <clears throat> to even where you started there, Aaron, is like, what is your goal? I think that for those of you that are married, I think that's one of the contexts. I want to speak to it specifically for marriages because yeah. there are people that are like, oh, well, is it okay for me to do it? What if I'm looking at pictures of my wife or right, thinking right. of her? Um I would say that you you would have a hard time finding a Bible verse that could tell you it's a sin <laughs> sure. if you're thinking of your wife or if you're able to do it without porn. I think we would probably all agree porn is the sin if you if you were to break it down to that because it's lust and you're not to look at a woman right, lustfully. Right. If you could do it without lust, I think that is a question we get quite a yeah, bit. Yeah. It's a, like a nuance to this conversation. Yeah. Right. I would encourage you to people to just consider what's the purpose of sex for humans. Mm-hmm. Like that's a question I think that we don't necessarily ask as much as we should ask because it's a very different experience for humans than it is for every other species. Mm-hmm. No other species experiences sex for enjoyment the way humans does, the, the way humans does, the way humans do. The possible exception is dolphins. Dolphins are the only other species that experience sex outside of when the female is fertile. <clears throat> Every other species, it's just when they're fertile. Wow, I didn't know that. Tells us, yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is. It tells us, though, that the Lord gives it to us for a different purpose than just procreation. Mm -hmm. So then I got to ask, well, what's that purpose? Well, we now know through science, we know through scripture, the purpose of 
lovemaking, is bonding, is connection, is to cause me to illogically bond to Caitlin in a way I haven't bonded to any other person. Right. Why yeah. would I leave my father and mother and cleave to my wife when my father and mother provided security? They provided safety. They paid for everything for me. They were paying <laughs> for my cell phone when I left and I moved home. They were paying for my car insurance. If, if it hit the fan, I could move home to my old bedroom. The moment I got married and moved into my little crappy apartment in Sacramento, California with not enough money to even pay my bills, I immediately gave up all of that that my parents provided. Right. I left my father and mother and I chose to illogically cleave to Caitlin. Why? Well, because lovemaking sex is that bonding process. Mm -hmm. It creates that. Well, if I start to minimize that bonding to a chasing an orgasm, right. I've now stripped my marriage of the ability to do it. And we have the study after study is beginning to point to that. It's actually stripping down that bond that happens because we're able to get an easier orgasm with less commitment, less effort, less of all of that stuff. There's no vulnerability yeah. there. You don't have to risk. I, I have experienced the desire to have sex with my wife or just being horny in marriage and then going like, oh, I kind of know how this plays out. I'll, I'll bring it up. I might feel rejected if she isn't excited or she says no. Gosh, masturbation would just like kind of take care of that. Then I'll just be around and not, and then I stop pursuing my wife yes, actually on that exactly. level. Yeah. And we, and we, you've, people see that personally in their, in right. their marriages, but we also are starting to get data that points to that. Mm, that yeah. it actually takes away your desire for the in-person human connection. Right. And so I would, you know, when it, when people ask me this question, the thing I just encourage them to consider is, well, you have to ask yourself, have I belittled my sex drive to chase it an orgasm if you're in marriage? Or am I still trying to pursue lovemaking with my spouse? Because mm. the answer to that determines a lot of, of how you experience that. Yeah. One of the interesting things... Can I, can I even note, yeah. lovemaking doesn't have to be sexual. I mean, I know lovemaking's a... I prefer it to be, but yeah. <laughs> Right. But I mean, like, it's, it's, the, it's the pursuit, though. It's working yeah. on yourself. It's figuring out the issues. And when your, your sex drive is high and you're not taking care of yourself on the side, it makes you work through all that stuff to pursue, to... Wash the dishes. To and that's the oh, exact so thing. Yeah. 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 I wash many dishes with the, with the next hour yeah. in mind. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it, uh, it does help. Yeah. Um, but it, even the, to speak to that, Abram, that's one of the things that I don't know that all of us realize. So uh, the book Atomic Habits actually talks about the dopamine release that takes place. Mm -hmm. And there's as much dopamine released in the anticipation of something yeah. you're excited about as actually experiencing it. Right, yeah. And that's why we get to the point where like, okay, so let's just go, let's use a scenario. Your wife's on a trip. You're on a trip. You're separate for a few days or a week. Oh my gosh, I've got to masturbate to get through the week. Okay, I can understand the thinking there. Yeah. But the dopamine release of the excitement of your wife's return yeah, yeah, yeah. or of your return from the trip, if you've chose to wait, which I have, the trip gets done that night is like... It's almost like it's better sex than when she left. No, 100%. Like we're feeling connected. It is like fireworks. Like I didn't even remember fireworks being as long as I haven't short changed myself and circumvented that process. Right. The line absence makes the heart grow fonder. Allow yourself to experience that absence so that you can. And then when you get back together after those three, four nights, seven days, whatever, whatever the reason is. I just, not, not only did I experience a better experience of lovemaking, 
I just got to supercharge my rebond to my wife because mm-hmm. she just gave me something I could I didn't give myself two nights ago. Yeah. Right. Yeah, she yeah. just gave me something I didn't give myself last night. And so now that bond, that intimacy, that connection feels stronger, yeah. mm-hmm. at least in my experience. Yeah. I totally, imagine yeah. you guys are there too. And so that's one of the things I would just encourage you on that question is to challenge yourself to not chase an orgasm, chase connection. I love what you said, Aaron, and I would go so direct. You're our follower, so I can say this more directly to you as if I could pastor you for a minute. Set yourself a bigger goal than not looking at porn. Yeah. Set yourself a bigger goal than not masturbating. Set yourself the goal of being connected. If I'm single, I want to prepare myself to be connected to my wife, so I'm not going to practice self-gratification now. If you are married, set the goal of I want to have connected lovemaking with my spouse so I don't shortchange my experience, I'm not gonna give myself something that God designed my spouse to give me so that I can now in my marriage experience it to the fullest that it was meant to be. Because it's not just simply about getting the orgasm or procreation. There are beautiful, I believe, supernatural aspects to sex that God has woven into marriage. You know, what are the effects of masturbation, whether you're looking at porn or not? If we could talk a little bit more personal experience slash clinical, what's actually taking place? You know, we talked a lot about our personal moments here, which I think is really good, story's powerful, but there's actually a lot behind the scenes that I think are really good to unpack. So when you are masturbating, whatever the the variation is, what's actually going on in your brain and your heart and your body? That's good. Uh, I'll start by saying that because I work with a lot of guys who are dealing with compulsive behavior, um, we dive into a lot of sexual addiction and looking at that. And Dr. Patrick Carnes, who is kind of like the godfather of like work clinically working with sex addiction, says the four core beliefs of a sex addict um, is that, or one of them in particular that is relevant here is that if I have to rely on somebody else to meet my needs, my needs will not get met. Mm. One of the four core beliefs that is if I have to rely on somebody. And so what I've found is that um, masturbation is kind of a, you said building a man muscle. Uh, It's kind of a training ground for uh, this is something that I can take care of. And the less I can rely on somebody else, the more likely I am to get my needs met. While that may be accurate to some degree, it depends on what you really want. So I was feeling distant from my wife for quite a while from, for a lot of pain. And I would get a, my emotional needs met through friends or even family. I went to my counselor at the time, Jason Valton, and he, he go, I said, is this wrong? Cause that like, she's just bad at listening. That's what I thought. So is it okay for me to get my needs met elsewhere? He's like, yeah, as long as you don't want to be close to your wife, that's totally fine. And I was like, <laughs> crap. So um, this is also true when it comes to masturbation though, is do, what do I, what do I, again, what do I want? You're back to that. And so I, I realized that the more I trained myself to, um, to say, yes, I'm the one who meets my needs. And actually it's just way more risky, yep. scary, um, yeah, there's way more vulnerability in pursuing my needs with somebody else. Yeah. But this is what I want so bad and had desire so much is to be to be able to hand my needs to my wife and even when she fails me to come back and give her the chance. So that was another thing he said. I was like, but it hurts so bad when I deliver this need and it doesn't get met. And he goes, how much practice are you actually giving her though? Because she mm-hmm. needs practice. And so mm-hmm. in, in reality, bringing that back to 
how much practice am, am I giving my wife a chance to actually meet my needs, whether that is physiologically I feel horny right now, or for some reason I feel horny and it's actually attached to a lot of other emotional needs back here, but I wanna be in the practice of bringing that to my wife and I don't get that otherwise. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. So single, singlehood built that kind of muscle, if you will. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. That's great. Because of the nature and way the way that we're made and the way our DNA as humans is created, it's very, very different than animals in the sense that we don't have very many instinctive behaviors. Most of our behaviors are learned. Um, that's why it takes babies so long to be productive. That's why it takes children so long to be productive. I mean, my 12-year-old's barely productive. <laughs> he's a bar barely a productive member of society, and he's 12 years old. You look at animals and they very quickly, I mean, we have a dog that we're looking at doing a litter with. By year two, she's ready to do a litter and we'll be able to sell the dogs. Like she's already contributing, right? Like right. you can, for, for dog sledding dogs, they'll, by the age of three, they're starting to work them into to being a dog sledding dog. And there's training going on that whole time. We're training dogs early. And the amount of time it takes to train a human is significant. Mm -hmm. Why? Because we don't have a lot of things that are instinctive. We have most things that are learned. And because of that, what our brain is always doing, our brain is trying to create the most efficient way possible to accomplish what we believe we right. need to do. Mm. And the most, the best way to do that is to have an instinctive behavior. Instinctive behaviors are awesome for a species because it allows a species to do it without having to have conscious thought or, or to way more efficient, way more efficient than having to, do, to dedicate conscious thought to that activity. So what we do, what our brain is actively doing on a daily basis is it's looking for repeated behaviors to make what we would use the word of second nature. Yeah. That would be our version of right. instinct. We have repeated it enough where I can now put it into the subconscious part of my brain and I can do it without really thinking. Yeah. The way I brush my teeth in the morning. When you brush your teeth, you don't really think about it. You may have built the bad habit and you never brush the top left side of your mouth. You don't know about, you don't know that you've built that habit that way. Right. You just have brushed your teeth the same way that you have now for years. You could be completely neglecting certain right. four teeth in your mouth and yeah. don't even know that you're, you're neglecting them. Yeah. Why? Because your brain is constantly looking for that. So the danger, just when you look at it psychologically, the way, or, or even you could use it biologically, the way our brain works, is if I have spent 15 years experience in orgasm through the form of masturbation, mm -hmm. my brain was actively looking to galvanize that habit, and now I think orgasm is experienced that way. Right. That's why your wife wasn't able to satisfy you because you had built this pretty significant dependency, mm -hmm. this pretty significant habit on, I need this to experience an orgasm. Mm -hmm. And so your brain did that. Yeah, Your brain literally actually galvanized around, this is the best way to get to an orgasm. It's the most efficient. Right. Mm. Uh, this became my second nature approach to it. Yeah. So now you get into marriage and you're like, well, wait a sec, this is totally different than that. And study after study is now revealing Men that use pornography have a very hard time with an in-person, an actual human. Right. Unless that human is willing to portray exactly what they watched on pornography. Right, yeah. And then they have to end up getting a prostitute because some of the stuff is so vulgar in pornography that they're not going to get their wife to do that, nor probably should they get their wife to do sure, some of yeah. that stuff, right? And so that's the thing that I would speak specifically to the single people that aren't married yet. Um, 
you have to be really, you have to really consider what is this teaching me? If my brain is actively looking to create subconscious second nature behaviors, mm-hmm. what am I actually teaching myself or allowing myself to learn? And how is that going to impact the relationship that I'm in, the marriage that I'm in? How is that going to impact it? It's, you know, one of the things that you were saying, Aaron, is giving your wife the opportunity to meet your needs. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in marriage, we're both, I'm, I'm trying to meet Caitlin's needs. She's trying to meet me, my needs. It can be very easy to blame the other partner for not doing it. I love the way you said it. Have I given her the ability to do that? Have I right. given her the space to do it? I would go so far to say a, por- a masturbation addiction is going to, pr- it's going to set your spouse back. Yeah, it's yeah. almost giving your spouse an unfair advantage yeah. because you've become so dependent on experiencing it this way mm-hmm. that, and now the patients to give them the opportunity, well, you just, you gave yourself 15 years to figure it out. Yeah. Freaking She's expected right to know yeah. by hour number four right. on the wedding night. Yeah. The amount of disappointment that happens in that moment when you're like, what? I thought this was supposed to be better than masturbation. Why can't she figure it out in four hours? Well, you took 15 years to practice. And not only did you practice, but your subconscious then took those moments and galvanized them into a, what our version of an instinctive behavior is, and it almost became instinct. It became a human's version of instinctive. And so now after 15 years, you know what you need. Well, shoot, that's why a lot of marriages spend the first years of their marriage really frustrated sexually. Because they got they practiced for 10 to 15 years on experiencing sex. We expected our wife to know by the end of the wedding night, if not by the end of the honeymoon. Right. And if not by the end of the honeymoon, I'm not sure this is going to work out. Yeah. Not that it goes that extreme, but that's the challenge that a lot of people go through. And so, um, yeah, I mean, the science part, it, because of my past, I have delved, dive, dove into the science a ton because I've tried to understand Okay, why was I not horny leading up to marriage? And now I would love to have sex as many times a week as possible with Mm -hmm. my wife. You know, the science helps me understand. And I have the gift of being able to look at it pretty objectively because I didn't have all those that drive and emotions attached to it. And I realized, oh, wow, it is true. Mm -hmm. It's actually circumventing connection. It's robbing your ability to do it. And more than that, it's actually, we've conditioned ourselves to chase an orgasm, not to chase love. Yeah. And so I think that's at the core of that for the singles, for whoever it is. And you're causing your wife to perform every time sexually. Oh, Abram, that is so good. Like she can't even show up just as her because she, yeah, she has to do the right things for you rather than you guys exploring together and figuring out you're going, well, I need you to do this a little different. Can you look a little different or can you, whether I'm comparing it to somebody else I've seen or my own experience. Abram, that's so good. Challenge every man to not make sex about you getting off. Yeah. Man, because that's really, even yeah. in the Christian church, that's what sex has become about. Mm. I've heard teaching in the Christian church, wives, he provides safety, oh, he goodness. provides provision. So your job is to give him sex. And it becomes all about the man's orgasm and all about the man's moment. And you can that's masturbate so using your wife's vagina in which there is zero connection. Oh, this is all for me. And like, yeah. oh, wow, you're still here. Thanks. I appreciate you showing up. And back to the very first thing you said, Called there's much it. bigger visions to have. Yeah. yeah. And there's a much bigger vision for sex in my marriage than me getting to masturbate in my wife's vagina, but to actually experience her having total fulfillment. Right. Me having total fulfillment. 
on the awesome nights, we experience total fulfillment at the same exact time, and you're like, what just happened? <laughs> Holy smokes! Not that it happens every time that way, but man, that's at least for us, yeah. that's awesome. Right. Right? And that is the beautiful picture. I think almost to wrap it up here and give each of you guys a, a chance to jump in. Yeah, let me say this thing, yep. this last thing. To to have the dream and the vision of both of you having total fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Man, that's a much better vision for sex in your marriage than me having to get my needs met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to set the vision of sex is about my wife and I experiencing total fulfillment together. I want to bond to her as much as possible because you know what? I want to be married to her when I'm 75 and I want to love that marriage that I'm in. Yeah. So in order to get to that, it can't just be about me getting my needs met. It's got to be about us connecting at as deep of a level as God would allow us to to connect in, through this experience together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. What are you going to say on that? Yeah, I think just for, for the singles, um, I, we've talked about marriage and Good job, uh, how to interact. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, singles. <laughs> yeah. but, um, this is why we need Abram. I, think, he's like, I, I was single until I was 30. Don't yeah. forget the singles. Yeah, I think there, I think there's a couple things that play in here. Um, one, there's there may be this underlying pressure that you should know more than you do. Mm. Be- because you're not experiencing it, you should have practice so that you last longer. You yeah, should um, know what's going on in this. Um, we said, I think Kate was the one who first said it, um, but the part of the journey of sex is a discovery together. Yeah. It's that enjoyment together. Yep. And so I think that there, there's this pressure that you should need to know so that you can satisfy, so that you can have this time together at the same time and all this stuff but in reality it all comes to, uh, there's two two parts of it one it's all the exploration together and the second thing is for you to be able to do it well is to you to show up to perform because if you're trying to satisfy and if you're trying to do this stuff it's all performances how well can you do it yeah but when you go into it and go on hey i don't really know you don't really know even um even giving your brain a space to go because it's it, it wants to know even listening to this your brain's like well here's stuff i don't know and maybe i should figure out and stuff like one of the things, um, I ended up having like a little counseling session on my honeymoon when we were figuring out stuff. And one of the things that God kind of spoke to me, like you weren't supposed to know. Like you have this mm-hmm. sense of pressure of like, you're not performing well. You're not nailing it out of the park. Um, the beauty of having to discover together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you weren't supposed to know any of this. Like your brain is searching for answers. But um, something that I haven't heard a lot of is the fact that... Um, your sex drive, you can put your sex drive to sleep. God can put your sex drive back to sleep. Like, even if it's been woken. That's what the thing about sex um, masturbation is it kind of keeps the engine running in the background mm-hmm. the whole time, and you're just not being kind to yourself. Because mm-hmm. it, it kind of just kind of keeps it like, well, how about, how about, how about? Um, and it's not something that you can do, but it's something I believe God can do, and he did for me, because I masturbated for years and then didn't for years. Um, was this, you know, in Song of Solomons, it says, don't awaken love until it's time. But if something can be awoken, it could also be put back to sleep. Like, ask God to go, hey, I'm not in the season right now to have this. Teach me what I'm looking for. Teach me my goals. Teach me the vision. And then help put this part of me back to sleep until it's time. Because if you continue to masturbate, like I said, it just keeps the engine running in the background where you're... Yeah, it's awesome. ...urging all the time. Uh, My final thoughts would be... um, 
like don't let this be a, a shame thing. Yeah. Um, that's pretty unhelpful as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, but to really use the this kind of discussion to figure out, you said, what's behind this? What, what are the reasons driving this? Um, so that honestly, the, all the things yeah. that could be behind it is figuring that out and actually bringing some healing to those spots are going to greatly benefit you That's in marriage. Great. Yeah, uh, more than the and like the, more than the temporary numbness that the masturbation will bring to forget yeah. that stuff. Yeah. And so um, I I would uh, say that guys who do feel the strong like physiological like I just I feel so horny all the time. This will at least appease that for a little while. Um, I would say, like, allow that to be your, hey, something's happening behind the scenes. Yeah, that's, that's good. So you don't always get horny because you're in pain, but that's great, for a lot of us who have connected pain and sexuality together and wove it together over a long history of, of use, uh, it is a chance to go, that's a check engine light. This is great. I didn't know that there was yeah, something under the hood perfect. that needed to be addressed. Yeah. That's awesome. Love it. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, hope, I believe this was helpful. Um, we at least had a lot of fun we doing fun. it. That's yeah, we had fun. Yeah, we had fun doing it. Um, talking about it, not doing it. But that's fun too. Uh, anyways, appreciate Later. you guys joining us. Uh, we'll, we'll see you next time on the Let's Talk About It podcast. Thank you guys for listening. If you want to learn more and check out all of our awesome content, be sure to head to our website at moralrevolution.com and our socials, Instagram, Facebook, all of them. But before you leave, don't forget to like, review, subscribe, all of the things. We want you guys to come back and join us. We enjoyed having you. See you next time.